because I was a leader at work, you know, I know what it is to want to see tangible results. Mm. So it's very, very important for me, having worked in engineering, to see a process that enables me to go, okay, there's a logic to this. 100%. Now, what, what bothers me is when someone goes, well, I've already done this, I've already done that. It's like, wait a second, you may have done it, but why don't you check in and see where you are? Mm. You see, because just like everything in life, the more you reinforce it, that's where the transformation happens. That's it's right. not sufficient just to do it and say, I did it. You are not alone because, you know, in the time that we are, so many of us are going through so much. And just know that people all around you experience the same thing. So don't feel alone. You need to start to reach out because there's people out there who can actually help. Wellness is more than just physical health. It's your total well-being. Find out how to have a healthy, balanced life. Have a healthy body through exercise, nutrition, and engage the world through learning, problem-solving, and creativity. Talk Wellness with Anjan. This episode of Talk Wellness is powered by the Reconnect Heartfulness Initiative. The Heartfulness Initiative is a seven-dimensional wellness enablement program for you to be at your best human condition through a scientific approach to mental health and overall well-being. Reconnect believes in the power of love, empathy and human connection, in healing mental illness and empowering humans to be aligned with their purpose for holistic growth. Be a part of the mental strength movement. Visit ReconnectHeartfulness.com Talk Wellness with Anjan. On this show today, I have another exemplary guest. He's a certified transformative conscious leadership coach, a certified consultant, certified Barrett cultural transformational tools practitioner, and everything DISC workplace facilitator. He's a certified five behaviors of a cohesive team, accredited facilitator, and he's certified in the science of happiness at work. A global speaker, on well-being and happiness, the founder of a happiness center and a multi-business owning entrepreneur, a gentleman and somebody who um, I really look up to, Rajiv Daswani. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure, Anjan. Thank you. Man, that, that's like a huge list to read out. Yeah, it is, right? It, looks, it gets you a little tired and confused, doesn't it? But basically, it's well-being at work. <laughs> it, it is, right? And that's what we're titled today, talking about the importance of as we move into this peri-pandemic, post-pandemic era, how well-being at the workplace is becoming such an important conversation. Absolutely. You know, it used to be, and, and as you know, it's been around for a while. A lot of organizations have been doing this at work. But we used to find a lot of organizations ticking boxes, you know, Anjan? Mm -hmm. But the last couple of years has taught us so much, right? With everything that's happened, you know, it's been a, a challenging time. But with that has come a lot of lessons, right? And we start to realize the importance of our people, you know, our teams. I've understood that we are all human, and right? And what could be more human than experiencing everything together, even sometimes fear, right? True. So the experience of the pandemic has really brought so many people together, a lot of questions being asked. Right? And do you feel pre-pandemic or before the pandemic, there was not so much awareness of the humanness of the corporate workforce? You know, it's interesting, right? Because we, we would, we think that we are all people at work and we should be the priority. And although organizations want that to be the case, a lot of times they get busy in the process, Andrew, mm. right? The process of making money. Of making money, <laughs> the process of business. <laughs> of the profitability. Of, absolutely. And, and you know, with uh, a lot of leaders, you know, I'm a business leader as well. The intention is there. You know, you want to care. You want to go out there and make a difference. Sure. Yes. But in the process somewhere, you end up getting lost. And then someone has to remind you, guess what? Well-being is important. You go, yes, it is. It is important. So this people before profit, yes. it's not a new thing. Not at all. 
but it's just come to the forefront now it's it's been pushed to the forefront right because now all over the world people have started to ask questions right you know we talk about humanizing the workspace it really talks about realizing that yes processes are important you know i have an engineering company as well engine so processes are very important mm. but so is the human and when we can humanize the processes when we start to realize that everybody out there you know is a person they can have purpose and they can create impact and they align with your organization to create impact the magic that happens anjan is beautiful let's talk about your journey for a few moments and i mean you obviously you've been in the business world for a long time and yes. now you've got into this um, dimension where you're helping other businesses to function right. in a more efficient uh, people centric way let's talk about this journey well you know as a business leader it was a very lonely journey because as you know when you start an organization you do multiple things right and you love the process so love really drives that fuel it's a fuel for you to go out there and make a difference yes um but as an organization grows you start to see processes pop in right mm. and it happens all over the world big organizations are very process centric um and like i said there's nothing wrong with it but what ends up happening is slowly those personal relationships the personalization that was priority in the past starts to somehow fall in the back right and i noticed that in even in my organizations even if the intention was there you know because you care that much because you love what you do and you want everyone to love it the same way other things get in the way mm. right and and what other people call life right other people's expectations intentions right and then you ask yourself are they aligned suddenly a culture develops now around the world a lot of organizations have culture and you'll see five key you know words values on the wall but those are values that are set usually by top management and this is what we aspire the organization to be and it doesn't trickle down necessarily but anjan everyone has their own natural values so guess what our culture is all of us coming together right and two values even the same value for two different people could have two different meanings right so how you approach that value how i approach the value could be very different so which one is the one that the company actually lives right so a culture is a living entity and that's why when you when you start to focus on it you start realizing wait a second this is a very very big part of my business right and changes the whole way that the company shows up and creates impact and is this what motivated you to go into all these amazing courses to understand how this culture and this alignment of culture can be brought into workplaces absolutely what i you know here's some statistics that really scared me and shook me a little pre pandemic uh, there was a stat and you may have heard this that 85% of people at work around the world anjan were disengaged at work mm. that's a pretty horrifying statistic here's a, a few more one out of two ceos around the world feel that threat uh, the biggest threat to the organization is trust mm. trust, trust from their employees trust yes yeah, absolutely trust yeah scary fact add one more one in two ceos have not worked on their own purpose but write the vision of their organization so that's like 50% right and they write their what they write the vision of their organizations so now think about that just think about these statistics so everybody is not an elon musk or a jeff bezos absolutely absolutely but what what's going to bring us all together what's going to make us cohesive is understanding that we have to all operate as people coming together under one purpose so someone asked me what is the purpose of an uh, of of a, a ceo what should be his purpose mm. and i said well to ensure that every one of his employees live their purpose you know what i mean and helping those employees find their purpose absolutely absolutely how does a ceo do that well you know we we've 
we've seen so many tools out there for purpose finding. Yes, there's a lot of amazing tools, Arjun. The point is not which tool to choose. The point is to actually switch on that awareness, as you know really well, right? It's about realizing, wait a second, I need to start to focus and identify my purpose, right? And ask those questions. See, it all starts with asking questions, right? And that's what all these tools actually help organizations do. That's amazing. We're going to also share some questions that you as an entrepreneur or as a CEO or just as an employee or somebody who's a freelancer can ask yourself. And what could some of those questions be? You know, I love this one. I'm going to do it with you. You ready? I'm always ready. Okay, so I wake up every morning to, and you finish that sentence. Uh, I wake up every morning to be thankful that I haven't fallen asleep for longer. (laughs) Right. Okay, and you ask. I, I wake up every morning to feel thankful that I've woken up that morning, unlike many other people who didn't wake up that morning. Right. And you ask yourself why? Why do I wake up every morning to be more thankful? And, and that you, you say deepen, finds your purpose. You start to deepen yourself. Sure. It starts to answer questions. You see, well, it's w- well-being, out. wellness is my answer, and you know this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, the more people can find clarity, and I always ask my students and my clients this: If I gave you ten million dollars, what would you do? Yeah. Oh, I'd invest. Okay, finished your investment, finished your travel, finished buying that beautiful beach house. What next? Exactly. What would you do if you had all the money in the world? Oh, I would. I would paint. Well. That's what you should be doing. Uh, I would I would cook. Oh, I, I would uh, run a, a, a farm for stray animals. Well, why aren't you doing it now? Absolutely. And the bigger question to answer then is with that purpose, you know, what impact can you create? Mm. What difference does it make? How you can see, you serve? Anjan, we all as organizations, as leaders out there, as people out there, we have an opportunity to live this moment and to make it count, right? So are we making it count? Right. So this is the questions we need to ask. So this is the first question somebody asks themselves. And then after that, what next? So now, from an organization point of view, a lot of organizations want to tick these boxes by saying, listen, we're doing this, 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 right? Which is great. Don't get me wrong. I think it's amazing that they're at least working on it. But before you work on something, Anjan, the, the first step is to measure where you are. Identify where you are. So even if you have an amazing culture and you have everything documented, an amazing manual and amazing words on the wall, it's still important to you know, check in and see where are you right now? Where are you landing? True. What's your entropy score? So there's mm-hmm. amazing tools out there. And, and the thing is, not it's not about only which tool you use, but the fact that you're actually measuring. It's just like, you know, in, in Christmas holidays, you eat a little more, right? Put on a little, a little weight. You get on the weighing scale and you check, okay, where do I, where am I weighing, right? Where do I weigh? And then from there, you start to work and adjust, right? So when we work with organizations, and one of the things I find is that people want a quick fix, Right? To me, it's a journey. Hmm. Transformation is a self-owned journey. Absolutely. No one's going to walk it for you. Yeah, yeah, and that conscious choice is so important. Absolutely. And so after you ask these questions and you find the purpose, what's next? So we identify by measuring where you land. So you start from the very beginning. You look at some, the organization's culture to see where they are. We see where the gaps are. We see where the entropy or the disengagement is. And then you start to plan the type of engagement you need. And as you know, when you look at an individual, well, well-being or wellness is spread throughout all the different areas. That's right. So you have to then start focusing on different areas. Um, in some organizations at this point in time, we're working a lot with resilience, with emotional intelligence, mm. right? The ability to bounce back. Right? The so ability what, to handle rejections. Absolutely. You know, fall down seven absolutely. times, get up eight. And it's human. It's human to fall, but it's also human to be able to get up, right? Correct. And it doesn't mean that just because you don't know how, that you can't learn. And that's what you do really well, right? And we all come together for stuff like this, but not only can you measure it, 
but then you can put programs in place. Sure. So then when someone asks me, what can we put in place to make this happen? I'd say, hey, let's start by measuring, identifying where the gaps are, mm-hmm. and where we want to go. And then we'll start to put a program in place. Everything Correct. can be strategically done. So it becomes customized and bespoke. It becomes customized and bespoke, but yet the good news is it also allows you to, you know, to, to mark your progress and own your transformation. Okay. Is that a standard model that all organizations should follow? You know, I, I don't want to say yes. I want to say that it's time to be aware, right? That's where we begin. It's having the desire to implement, but having the desire to see. You know, it's, it's very easy to say everything is great. I'm already doing it. It's kind of harder to see what you cannot see. True. Right? So sometimes the biggest um, wake up is when you start to see what others see that you did not know you had. Does that make yeah. any sense? Yeah, yeah like amazing. Terence McKenna said, Absolutely. what we don't know that we don't know is more than what we know that we don't know. Exactly. Exactly. Talk Wellness with Anjan. This episode of Talk Wellness is powered by the Reconnect Heartfulness Initiative. Be a part of the mental strength movement. Visit reconnectheartfulness.com. Talk Wellness with Anjan. I want to ask you because today's talk is called humanizing the workplace. What does this exactly mean? What what does humanizing mean? It's bringing the focus back to the humans at work. It's realizing that each of us, you know, no matter what happens at work, we have life outside of work as well. Now, I know we covered this a few moments ago when you said the profit took priority over people. But is that the main reason why this dehumanizing has kind of happened? Well, in the process... Would you call it dehumanizing, first of all? We, we, initially, where we were process-driven? Yeah. Well, you know what ended up happening was that the, I don't want to say we don't care attitude happened, but it sort of did happen. Mm. So it was, well, I don't really care what's happening with you. Get to the point. Yeah, Why yeah, are yeah. you here? You know, yeah. this is what you're paid to do. Finish right? your deadlines. Finish your deadlines. This is it. Right? So in essence, what ended up happening, just because we want to get so much information out, everything was process, 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 process. And is this a kind of let's say, aftermath of the Industrial Revolution, say the factory workers' mindset of just soldiering on, working hard to earn your wages, no matter how you felt at the end of the day? You know, it's a really interesting uh, question and point. I think if you think about it, um, as more people try to get more done in their day, you know, they would try to just stick to the point and stop wasting time. Yeah, I call it the productivity indoctrination. Right, there you go. You know, soldiering on like we're some members of some army and not taking a break to just take a breath or just to to really take a break. I call it it an indoctrination actually because we we all feel, yeah, I got to be so productive, I got to be so efficient, I got to be so effective and we forget sometimes you just got to sit down and breathe. There you go. And take a break. And come back to the moment. Come back to the moment. Now here's some science behind that. You know, we develop these habits, all of us. I mean, I'm sure you and me at some point were responsible for multitasking. Mm. You remember? Oh, we mm. can do many things at one time. Always so clever. I always sucked at it. Yeah, well, actually, me too. And the funny <laughs> thing is, you know why, right? Because when you do one thing at a time, you're more focused. Yes. Right? You can actually get into the flow space and you can actually be more creative, more productive. True. People didn't realize that, right? They wanted to make this all about how fast are you? What more can you Yoga do? Yoga says you don't have to multitask because your body, mind, and spirit are already doing it for you. Beautiful. While I'm talking here, digestion is happening, respiration is happening, uh, blood circulation is happening, my endocrinal system, my nervous system is already working. So the, the clouds are moving, the sun is moving, everything is happening, everything is multitasking, so you don't have to. Is Beautifully what, said. Is the yogic uh, kind of ideology behind multitasking. Right. right. So you just do one thing. 
Yeah, right. And 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 as you start to train yourself to be in awareness, be in the moment, as as a person at work, regardless, just a person, no matter what your position is. Mm. When you ask me what is humanizing, it's to show up as a human mm. with all its qualities. That means. So it's not so much of an organizational kind of. Um, dictate to everybody saying we're going to humanize the work but it's a employee it's an employee focused kind of individual approach where you go to your work and feel human well, or it's both ways I, i think it's both ways because it's led is usually remember one thing it's is it has to always be led by the top as well mm. right and and the permission has to be there right you need to feel safe in order to show up safe That's right. you, you know what i mean yeah. and when you start to allow everyone to show up as they are you you give them the opportunity to just bring their originality uh, originality their creativity you see anjan we didn't hire robots right but soon we will be uh, well <laughs> i hope not right but but look even if we do have a space for them well great mm. god bless but the mm. good news is that the people that we do have you know have emotions have experiences outside of work and they have to bring that with them so that they can actually be the person that you want to you know them to be when you when you hired them so this word humanizing can be a bit confused because Correct. if they are already humans why do you need to humanize them because how many of us are present mm-hmm. anjan so this humanizing is, just means being aware of your presence as a human being and being and being coming from a space of authenticity where you don't feel you have to wear a mask you know so that you have to be someone you're not so that you can fit and tick a box sure okay? sure now But when most corporates to, want people to well well they realize most workplaces want people to well that's the funny thing right initially that's what we thought right i'll i'll give you a perfect example a very perfect example of this many many years ago when i started my engineering company we showed up with a tie and a jacket at work mm-hmm. it's 45 degrees people were hot and this was your rule for all your this employees. was my rule because i said hey like first impression first impression okay. is a very important and impression. not just for the sales team for the other teams also all of us all of wow. us wore a tie okay um one day it was really hot and we all wearing our, our our ties and there was this youngster you know really bless him amazing and he's like feeling really hot so he takes off his tie and i go hey what's going on and he goes i just don't feel like i can work um and i got to get some stuff done and i go huh that's that's true it's interesting yeah of course you do right and he goes and i just don't feel very comfortable i'm like so just take it off and then it hit me on you know maybe realize why am i making everyone wear tight 45 degrees mm. when it's not productive for some perception that you had in your head that people have that, to perceive you as that that we thought you know you know we always were taught in college that first impressions are important mm. you have to look professional but you know what it was it was what was more important is the connection that we had true. you know when when you make a first impression the first impression is a connection of who you are with the person yes. as a person what you have to bring to the table and when they see that they understand that hey that's really really important mm. so now you see organizations where people dress how they want and they got all these you know different looks which is great because they bring themselves to the table right we switched to a, a t-shirt and a, a polo neck very wow. soon um and and the whole atmosphere went became really casual yeah but it didn't it wasn't that we gave up on our values or what we had to do that's we a, still got that culture didn't become casual just Absolutely. the attire it, it allowed, became casual it allowed and actually the culture did change as well because okay. we started to you know embrace the fact that we could show up how we wanted to right but why is it important to humanize is because when you bring this uh, element to work you allow yourself to show up with one element that we all live with outside of work mm. right at home or when you go outside of work you're very loving right you bring this to everyone to your friends to your family right but when you come to work a lot of people feel that no 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 this belongs at home that's right i need to be robotic i have here. to be robotic i have to be strong for some reason this perception that if you're loving and if you bring love to work that you're weak but its studies show that this actually empowers others 
It empowers others. It, you know, if you're bringing empathy and compassion to work, is one of the be- the most beautiful things leaders can do, and even employees can do for each other. And how has this changed after the pandemic? And how has mindsets shifted, especially in the workplace? You know, it's really interesting. In the pandemic, we all, no matter who you were, had to experience something very different. Mm. We all faced very similar fears. So for once in your life, everyone had to be vulnerable. You know, Anjan, we had one meeting which had to be done on Zoom when it first started, right? When the, when we were all in lockdowns. And, you know, it was not very easy for us to, to do a Zoom meeting because we were not used to it. Mm-hmm. And usually in meetings, if you remember, most meetings would be straight to the point. Okay, this is the agenda, da, da, da. But in the pandemic, guess what happened? There was check-ins. How are you doing? And you really wanted to know yeah, how you're doing. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and that's guess, continued even today. Absolutely. And guess what? Everyone was afraid. What was your PCR result, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> are you scared? Yes, I'm scared. There's I mean, no more, who, how are you? What's your PCR result? <laughs> That's right. the first question. Right, exactly. Yeah. And the thing is that at that point in time, you became human. That's right. Right? Mm. And one of the meetings, the most, it was really funny. We were really in the middle of a very, you know, a, a, what we say, busy meeting, okay? Guess what happens? My little son walks in into my home office and jumps onto my lap. And Anjan, had this been five years ago, I would have panicked, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Guess what? Everyone acknowledged him. He sat there, and he was there for a good three minutes before he got <laughs> bored. Um, but he was part of the meeting. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? Everybody realized, hey, he's a dad. It's okay. Mm. You know, That's what I'm talking about. You don't have to lose that identity as a person. And if we can start to bring that with us, it starts to change the environment. And that's what the beautiful thing is because that relates to you moving towards your purpose. That's the beauty. And this is why I refer to the pandemic as the Corona Guru. Because during this time, it's reminded us of so many other things that we've forgotten. And mm. it's been a teacher to show us the value of being human. Yeah. It's taught us how to move on from having tough situations in our life. And most importantly, it's taught every human being how to spend time with themselves. Beautiful. Whether because of quarantine or isolation. Yeah. And I can include what you said to that list because it's helped people become more human. Yeah. Well, of course, it's a teacher. It's the best teacher of this decade. Yeah, absolutely. You know, everyone who wants to move forward from here has to first understand what here looks like. Mm. And that means it's really, really important to identify, you know, identify what have you, what have you learned. So how do we do that assessment? So one of the things that I loved about that is that, you know, most of the time we want to do well-being. We want to introduce it in our lives, but we don't know where to begin. Mm. Now, Anjan, I am one of those people that needs to measure everything. I've always been that way, even in the gym, you know that, right? So I figured... I want an assessment that enables us to measure even purpose. And track it. And know it. Do you know it? What's your score? What's your purpose score? You can actually take an assessment now that tells you how well you know your purpose. That's right. Right? So not do you know your purpose, but how well do you know it? You know? And once you know that you don't know it well, it even suggests what steps you can take. Beautiful. Okay? Like that, there's like five, Anjan. So well-being, well-being, financial well-being, because people are worried about their finance, you know? So... Are you worried about it? Yes. What can you do? So it's suggested actions because there is no one uh, solution for everything. So what are these assessment tests called? And can anybody access them or do they need to go through a professional organization like yours? Well, no. These particular assessments are assessments that we offer at AHCC. And they just go on, buy it, literally download it. They get an email with a link. They log in, they do it, and they get their solutions. Yeah. Um, for organizations, there's a consolidated report as well. Right? Sure. So you'll say, wait a second, you can measure your well-being? Yes, Anjan, you can. You can measure which part of your well-being you're not paying attention to. And when you start doing that, you start realizing, you know what? This is, this, there is a science behind this. 
and then you can pick and choose. See, Anjan, I don't think there's anything wrong with people doing, you know, different activities, bringing people together. It's fun. It's amazing. We must do it as organizations. But put a plan in place, mm. right? And as an individual. Now, let's talk as an individual for a second. Sure. As an individual, <coughs> what's more important when I speak about being conscious, being aware, mm. is to know yourself. That's but right. do we really know ourselves? You know, so we ask ourselves about purpose, but do we know how we show up? What's our natural behavior, Anjan? Well, I mean, I, I want to say that, you know, my wife knows me better than I do. Of course, she will say yes, probably, and all the things that I do wrong. But, <laughs> but in the, you know, but if you think about it, knowing your natural behaviors enables you to work with other people better. Your relationships, your everyday home relationships, you can improve them. Knowing your own emotional quotient enables you to show up, you know, with love. And also be resilient enough in those tough moments. So how well do we know ourselves, Anjan? And this is beautiful because what you're saying now is so aligned with the Vedic and Vedantic philosophy of questioning who am I? It comes from Advaita, which is the ending part. Right. Uh, Advaita means non-duality, as you know, right. from the ending part of the Vedas, or Veda Anta, end of the Vedas. And the word even end comes from the Sanskrit origin anta so ah. vedanta is end of vedas so advaita the philosophy the essence is of questioning who am i right. and even questioning who is the one questioning this beautiful right so if i'm i'm feeling a certain way about my wife or my friend or my work who's the one feeling like that so mm. kind of turning the camera inwards beautiful and finding the way to look at the observer rather than the observation and this process is called witnessing and i think that's what you're taking to the corporate workplace culture and modifying it for practical, modern use with entrepreneurs and business owners. Well, absolutely. And, and keep in mind that because I was a leader at work, you know, I know what it is to want to see tangible results. Mm. So it's very, very important for me, having worked in engineering, to see a process that enables me to go, okay, there's a logic to this. 100%. Now, what, what bothers me is when someone goes, well, I've already done this, I've already done that. It's like, wait a second, you may have done it, but why don't you check in and see where you are? Mm. You see, because just like everything in life, the more you reinforce it, that's where the transformation happens. That's it's right. not sufficient just to do it and say, I did it. Right? And it then becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Absolutely. Because now your subconscious is aware that you can succeed at this and you can do it. And then it'd be like, I, and you believe it from deep inside. <clears throat> and the core of your being goes, yeah, I know I can do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll give you an example. I recently signed something called Mapstel. Now, Mapstel are these behavior maps. Now, the first ones I've ever, I've ever experienced. And I stepped on this behavior map and I had my, my map. Okay. And when you and I step on the map together after we both have our own maps, we can see. You can align the maps and check see this out. This is so cool, right? It's a, it, and I have a three meter map. Okay, Anjan? Wow, I'm coming um, over. You, yeah, absolutely. And then you and I will have our profile maps and we can actually see what steps we have to take to come closer and what are steps that are keeping us apart. Wow. What are those behaviors yeah, that are keeping us apart from each other? And now imagine putting 22 people on that. So who's created this technology and where is so, it from? So this, was, uh, this is just an example of a tool. Yeah, this is a tool called MapCell. I love them, right? MapCell. Map, uh, maps Tell. Maps tell. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's 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 an amazing product. It's something that I love. But just another example for you, uh, of saying once you identify where you need to go, and you start to put activities in place, you can start to take many things at the same time. You can still have a team bonding thing. You can still work together, but yet work on yourself. Still answering that question, who am I? But you know what was really cool? It was to see all the different areas I needed to go on that map in order to get to know myself better, if that makes any sense. Yeah, of course it does. Right. And do you recommend this is something everybody should do and why? Well, I think yes, because who doesn't want to know themselves better? Who, if you want to show up, don't you want to know how you're showing up? You know, it's just like looking in the mirror. When you look in the mirror, you're going to see the obvious. 
but it's when you don't see or you see what you were not expecting to see where the change happens beautiful at, at this moment i want to ask you about some tips to share with everybody listening yeah. on how they can actually find this alignment and i get answers basically well i think the first thing is to ask yourself am i ready you know with all the noise around me because the answer could be harsh it could and be the harsh, truth could absolutely. be hurtful Anjan you and I both have been in that space where we've had to seek for the answers but when you're yeah. not ready you don't get them true right so the first question is listen i don't have clarity yeah what do i need to do well before you go out there and and sign up with every other coach in the world right or go on to some e-courses true if you don't have a problem nobody can solve anything but why not start with understanding where you are mm-hmm. so when you measure where you are you start to map where you need to go see anjan it's all a it's all a systematic approach if you want it to be as opposed to being confused okay now i'll do this then i'll do that then I'll, and that's what we see and you've seen that in well-being it's sometimes all over the place yep and that's why so many people are going ah well-being right they roll their eyes because they don't know the direction it's about giving it structure a bit yeah and it can be done and there are people out there who help you do that beautiful what are the biggest myths you face especially when you do these executive transformation programs and corporate wellness programs and and you know you've been speaking around the world and you've been speaking at different um organizations and different CXO level events uh, yeah. what what are some of the biggest kind of myths that you've faced that everything has to be serious is one of the funny myths mm-hmm. you know that i that i find so people forget to have fun it's absolutely i mean for some reason like you said earlier is it's about having that mask on okay now we're doing a training okay now we need to but yes you are but you know what just be present be here be here now experience it you know don't judge it right or or a, a myth that i find with with a lot of people is trying to score higher or trying to you know um assume it's already there it's not giving something an opportunity to say hey what can i learn from this you see I think we all are perfectly imperfect. Mm. I think the striving to be perfect is is something that is really holding a lot of us back. You know what I mean, Anjan? It's like we need to be perfect all the time, but it's those little mistakes that make us unique. And at the same time how we address those mistakes that makes us so special, right? And we have to bring that to the table every time because that's what makes Anjan Anjan and Rajiv Rajiv today. isn't it beautiful yeah. that's why even in yoga and meditation we don't call it meditation perfection we call it a meditation practice practice brilliant because <laughs> okay. there's no perfect meditation right you just keep practicing right and never reach perfection absolutely i love that you think this comes because of the indoctrination of school and competitiveness that was instilled in educational systems which is like okay i need to score a grade higher and unless i'm the a plus grade i'm not the best and um, therefore i need to somehow make sure that i score high on all these well-being tests you know i i it's a beautiful point and i think that the system itself is realizing that as you are seeing all around the world you know there's some i mean there's some uh, schools now that don't even have tests another benefit of coronavirus you know homeschooling <laughs> homeschooling absolutely <laughs> oh my god i mean yeah. before like in the 70s and 80s homeschooling was only for hippies <laughs> now everybody's homeschooling and and you really do miss your teachers and distance education yeah you know you, you learn gratitude yes. that that taught my wife and i so much gratitude we were so so grateful for our teachers and say bless them for the work that they do mm. with our kids and so know. grateful that the kids would go away from home for a few hours well, every day <laughs> when they come back you know having learned something for once right um but but i wanted to talk about one more myth which is really really important is vulnerability especially corporates even if you're you're working at an organization or you are at an organization is that fear that vulnerability makes you weak You know, if we want to build more trust in organizations, we have to show up more authentic. We have to be willing to be vulnerable. 
And that is something which is very testy for many people because they feel, hey, guess what? A leader must be very strong. Strength doesn't just come with you flexing your muscles, Anjan, right? It comes with you being empathetic, compassionate, showing up with love, being able to be vulnerable, but creating impact. See, that's where people follow. People follow inspiration. They get tired of motivation, right? How many times can you motivate someone? Every day you can wake up and motivate. But it loses its, its, its um, ability to, to change anything. But inspiration is done once. And that happens when you can show up with vulnerability and authentic. Very well said. Thank we have a saying in our martial arts, we say the egg that's not boiled might seem strong, but it'll crack when it drops on the floor. Ah, okay. So thereby promoting strength in softness. Beautiful. And vulnerability, saying that a sponge, if dropped, will bounce, but a piece of glass, if dropped, will break. So what is strong? A sponge uh, or a piece of glass, a boiled egg or a unboiled egg. So the boiled egg has gone through so much trouble and through a trial of fire, literally and figuratively. Well said. And you drop it and it doesn't crack. And the other egg hasn't gone through anything. Right. Crack. So strength in softness. I love this theme. I like that analogy. Beautiful. Now it's about that time. The Talk Wellness Hour with Anjan. This episode of Talk Wellness is powered by the Reconnect Heartfulness Initiative. Be a part of the mental strength movement. Visit reconnectheartfulness.com. Talk Wellness with Anjan. So these are questions I ask all my guests. Rajiv, what has been your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Well, well for me, it has been... That's a, that's a good question. I mean, everything I've done in life has had its moments of failures, right? Wow. There's been good and bad. Um, but every bad helped my good get so much better. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, what are the best resources that have helped you along the way to get your bad to make it into good? The love that my children brought to the table changed everything, the mm -hmm. way I saw life, period. So it became your why? It became my big why. Name three people who've been most influential to you. Ah, oh, beautiful. Definitely my, my dad has been uh, number one. My children, you know. And then, you know, my wife, my sister, all of all my entire family has always been there for me, you know. But then my family is bigger than just my individual family. Everybody who's part of my teams. I love it. Our families to it. us as well. In yoga, we have this word called Vasudeva Kudumbam. Okay. Which means the entire... Humanity, all the sentient, non-sentient beings is right, my family. Right, right. I love that you have the same mindset. Absolutely. I want you to name some podcasts or YouTube videos or books that have helped you as resources. This one's going to confuse a lot of people because I remember there was one of the books that put me on this path. Now, keep in mind that because I was always in, in business as an entrepreneur, you read a lot of business books. But someone, a friend of my wife's, sent us this book called Journey of the Souls. I told you about this book. Yes. And it's got nothing to do with business, but it's got so much to do with everything else. And the author? The author was a, a Dr. Michael Newton. Okay. Yeah? And it was just one of those amazing books that, that I really recommended because it was just, it was mind-blowing for me. It really was. I call this daily routines. Name one thing that you do every single day without fail. Well, I wake up in the morning, I do breath work, and then I'll always be in the gym. So you'll find me, this is something I do before I answer my phones or do anything else. Yeah, that's my first thing, yeah. And now that you've been doing it for so many years, is breath work anymore? Yes. Uh, just just a like cheeky that. rhetoric. I like that, I like that. <laughs> okay, I call this pursuit of relaxation. I ask all my guests, what your thoughts on happiness are? Well, I think you know my thoughts on happiness, that it, everyone's, it's everyone's birthright. I think everyone should understand that, that it, you deserve to be happy, 
right? But what is happiness? And that's what you are here to learn through your life, through your experiences. Beautiful. And that's why even your center is called a happiness center. Absolutely. And you've seen that as your purpose. Um, stress buster, I call this. Five ways or tips that you have to get rid of stress. One of the fun ones I'll, I'll start with is shooting baskets. I, I love playing basketball, but I just stand there and shoot baskets. Love yeah? Lifting weights, obviously going back to my breath. Yeah. I am one of those people that actually put a candle on and listen to music, those, you know, meditative music, and it just gets me very calm. And finally, I, as you saw me earlier, I move around. I like moving around. So movement. Oh, wow, what a great list. Um, I call this uh, wellness leaps. What's the one thing you did that dramatically changed your life? You're going to laugh. Not, not at all. It was look in the mirror, but not the mirror you guys are thinking. Mm. It was the internal mirror. Beautiful. Yeah. And what did you see? Well, I mean, in, at, in the beginning, I didn't know what I was seeing, Arjun. You know, it was not having that clarity. But I realized it was that fear of not knowing that scared me so much, right? But the more that I, I, I kept on going there, the more I realized how beautiful it is. And you know, and when you start to go to the person you are and you show up vulnerable, like we spoke about earlier, and you start realizing that there is life, uh, gives you this opportunity to, you know, to count, then you no longer take it for granted. Beautiful. Yeah. Do you know there's two ancient yogic practices, smarana and vismarana. Okay. So smarana means what you just said, which is looking at yourself, the internal mirror. Vismarana is looking at yourself from somebody else's perspective. Beautiful. So two very ancient practices. It's written about in so many texts. And I'm so happy that you're doing it intuitively. I call this segment shipwreck. If you had to be shipwrecked on a deserted island mm. and you had your food, water and all those resources taken care of, shelter, mm. uh, name two items you'd want to take with you. Wow. That's a tough one. Um, I'm sure I'd find food there. Yes. My kids, obviously. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, I can't think of anything else. Basically, what can you not live without? That's what we're trying to say. So your kids. My, my family, yeah. That, kids that's and family. That's Beautiful. I call this wear Anjan's footwear or the lack of it. Mm. If you could wear my footwear, what's the one question you would ask yourself that I didn't? If I could wear your footwear. What would you have asked yourself that I didn't ask you? Clueless. That's a really good question. You got me on the spot here. Huh? <laughs> well, I don't know. I guess I, I would have. I would have asked myself: um, Do I need to walk in your shoes to see your life? Um, but as long as I walk in my own shoes and I experience my life. Okay, let me ask you then: Do you need to walk in somebody's shoes to see their life? I think that's 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 what I I was getting at. I think that you truly have to walk in your own shoes and be present there first, right? So it's, it's, it's experiencing that fully. So you're saying empathy can only come after self-love. You can always be empathetic and you, you see it, but you must have self-love. And then you must be able to project that. You know, they say the glass has to be full before you, but it's really it true over. when it comes to this. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so happy I feel like I've asked you all the questions you wanted me to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before I let you go, I want you to also bring some highlight into practices that people can do. And I know we've spoken a lot about what organizations can do because today's yeah. topic is about humanizing the workplace. But yeah. I know from your experience, you also have tons of individual practices that people yeah. can do. And I wanted you to share some of those. Well, I, I really wanted to send one message out. And I think what's really, really important is we have to learn to really accept who we are. We have to learn to, you know, forgive ourselves, Sanjan. You know, in times like this where things start to get challenging, you know, it's important to 
to go within. It's important to give yourself that understanding and to, to you know, reinforce that it's okay. You know, this, this desire to, you know, to live this, I don't want to say robotic life, but to, to meet a standard expectations can be so hard. And it's important for everyone to understand that, hey, you know, you're doing the best that you can. No one was born with a manual. Correct. Right? We are, we're doing the best that can, given everything that we and know. Perhaps you were untrained in school. Fair. Or now maybe you need to be a little untrained, <laughs> yeah, right? Maybe we were trained, were trained in a different yes. direction. Yes. So it's just about giving yourself that, that space. That kindness. That kindness. That self-love. And knowing that that's a really good springboard to have. So that would be my message. I love it. Now, if you had one motto that you want to share with or one kind of quote that you have, maybe you've written it down somewhere or <clears throat> it's something you look at very often. What would that be? And let's talk about that. You are not alone. That's one that I think now is really relevant. And that's why I'm sharing it today. It's because, you know, in the time that we are, so many of us are going through so much. And just know that people all around you experience the same thing. So don't feel alone. Just know you're not alone. Beautiful. All it takes is you to reach out. You need to start to reach out. Because there's people out there who can actually help. Beautiful. On that note, Rajiv, thank you so much for joining us for, for this edition me. of Talk Wellness. Thank you. Some profound myths were busted there. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Did you have fun? Yes. Awesome. Thank you once again. Thanks. Talk Wellness with Anjan. This episode of Talk Wellness is powered by the Reconnect Heartfulness Initiative. The Heartfulness Initiative is a seven-dimensional wellness enablement program for you to be at your best human condition through a scientific approach to mental health and overall well-being. Reconnect believes in the power of love, empathy and human connection, in healing mental illness and empowering humans to be aligned with their purpose for holistic growth. Be a part of the mental strength movement. Visit reconnectheartfulness.com about that time. The Talk Wellness Hour with Anjan. I want to take a moment to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this episode. And I'd like to remind you that the perspectives that we shared on this show are of my guest and myself only. And you should evaluate if it works for you before making it yours. Always consult your own doctor, therapist and healer before you make any drastic life changes. And we would love it if you could share this podcast link with your friends, your family, your circles and talk about it. That's why we call this series Talk Wellness. We need your support to get the conversation around well-being to be a more prominent one. I would love to connect with you across social media. Look for Meditate with Anjan on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. And also, please leave a review. This will help us grow. Our next episode is episode 19 featuring Dr. Bassam Saab, who is a clinical hypnotherapist and a psychotherapist. And he's going to be talking about the emotional origins of diseases. Thank you once again for tuning in and for your love. Stay relaxed. Namaste. Wellness is more than just physical health. It's your total well-being. Talk Wellness with Anjan. I'm really thankful to the Reconnect Heartfulness Initiative for being the sponsor of this episode of Talk Wellness. You can be part of the mental strength movement too. Visit reconnectheartfulness.com.
This episode of Talk Wellness is powered by the Reconnect Heartfulness Initiative. The Heartfulness Initiative is a seven-dimensional wellness enablement program for you to be at your best human condition through a scientific approach to mental health and overall well-being. Reconnect believes in the power of love, empathy and human connection, in healing mental illness and empowering humans to be aligned with their purpose for holistic growth. Be a part of the mental strength movement. Visit ReconnectHeartfulness.com Talk Wellness with Anjan.